I think back to my my life and actually think about me a kid, that wasn't always the case, right? Like, so maybe not being having a network as a as an entrepreneur, but as a kid, um, being as energetic and and out there as I was, and I was also um, musically talented, which um, you know at the time that that's not always the coolest thing to be into into music as a kid. Um, I wasn't the most athletic person, and I was really short as a kid. And I also had was born with crossed eyes, so I had a funny eye as a kid. So there was there was a lot of things that made me um, a little bit different growing up that forced me to find the resources in myself to be um, more autonomous and more self reliant. Uh, at least that's the, the narrative that I, I told myself as a child was that those things. Made me different. Uh, Welcome to Scratch Your Own Itch Podcast. The show about the things we think about, but don't ever talk about. My name's Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. These conversations are about creating a life worth living. With a focus on sharing stories about battles in our heads, topics range from depression, addiction, self-doubt, past traumas, and everyday compulsive thinking. And my hope is that the show will just shed some light on anyone in the dark that feels like they're alone in their daily struggles. Please take note that this show is not meant to be a replacement for professional diagnosis or professional therapy. I am not a counselor or a therapist. Hey, so this one is a little bit different. Derek and I get into a conversation about a lot of things in this one, most specifically about philosophy and how our brains uh, like to think about why, why a lot, you know, the curiosities um, in which we both believe is actually the Drano to being uh, depressed is the curiosity mind. And also we talk a little bit about ADHD and the strengths that one can get from ADHD. But uh, without further ado, enjoy my interview with Derek Lundquist. Legend in the making joining me today on Scratch Your Own Itch. His name is Derek Lundston. He has an addiction, but it's not your average addiction. You could call him a workaholic, I guess, because, you know, he loves the work he's doing. When it comes to connecting with customers and connecting and making friends, Derek is your guy. Derek Lundston, though, he's a pretty successful dude. He is the founder of several companies such as Improving Connections, the Client Council, which helps connect people with their customers and grow their businesses. Being a millennial himself, though, he founded 21 Mill, a mobile platform which helps millennials develop skills to accelerate their career on their own terms. Derek wasn't born successful, though. In this episode, you'll get a deep insider look at how to go from depressed to obsessed, and also his battles with ADHD and how he uses his ADHD to his advantage. So uh, I just want to kind of introduce everyone to Derek Lunson. Hey, Derek, how you doing today, man? I'm awesome, Logan. Thanks for that introduction. That was quite a uh, an interesting perspective on my career and my life. So I appreciate. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, didn't mean to do it very professional, but I wanted to be professional at the same time. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I, I. <laughs> I'm just blown away by the amount of success that you've already had. And um, I'd love to just kind of jump right into it and, you know, talk sure. about that story that you have back in grade school, middle school, wherever you want to go with it about having the ADHD or those nervous tics and people just going, hey, settle down, like sit still for one second. Yeah. So, I mean, I, um, as I, was, I think I would share with you, so I, I came of age. At the time when ADHD was released, was right before ADHD became um, the the mass diagnosed and mass prescribed um, thing that it is for kids today, or or over the last you know 15, 20 years. 
but there's no doubt that um, in today's educational system, I would have definitely been diagnosed and prescribed for ADHD and medicated, or at least that would have been an attempt. And I had many, many teachers throughout my early childhood education in particular that were always um, giving negative feedback to my parents on my my ability to sit still, my ability to concentrate, my ability to uh, be quiet, to be respectful, to be behave, um, and all those different things that you expect from a kid in, in school. And so, you know, I can remember many times vividly being sent to the principal's offices or, you know, being, uh, you know, sent notes home to my parents and having to deal with that or, or parent-teacher conferences where uh, I was, I was, you know, essentially being coached to, uh, to be different than, than my natural abilities were. Um, and really, I mean, it was the biggest thing is I was just a really curious, really adventurous, really active young child with young, with an active mind and an imagination. And, uh, I'd like to ask a lot of questions. And I like to talk a lot and to my friends at the time. And they used to get me in a lot of trouble. And I, and also I, you know, it was near impossible for me to sit still, um, for, you know, half an hour to hour long sessions of class and take exams and that kind of type of stuff. So it was a constant battle, um, for most of my elementary days um it wasn't until i got into the middle school that i started to you know, really get more disciplined and, and into high school and beyond that where i found just different ways to um to channel my energy and, and channel my interests so i could balance that yeah I, it, it's so odd how like back in the day too uh, and i still think it's happening now where people don't even know that they have the adhd like they've never been to the psychologist to actually diagnose them with this thing. But I mean, heck, if you're just constantly moving around and I don't know about you, but I just think best when I'm moving around, like when I'm like yeah. just sitting still for like 10 seconds, uh, it feels like I'm going to, I don't know, fall asleep because I'm not really like curious <laughs> about this certain thing, or I'm just tired because I'm not moving, you know? And, um, yeah. So I really would like to kind of go in that direction of, so where do you think your curiosity um, stems from? Is it because of your, your parents or do you think that uh, you're just genetically always a curious kid about things? Um, I think a big part of it is, is genetic or, or just imprinted, if you want to call it that on me in some way. Um, I mean, I'm sure in some level it's come from my, my parents and, and my grandparents and other people around me, but probably, um, more than I can, than I can realize it probably happened on more of a subconscious level. Um, because I can remember, you know, like I, I, my parents tell me stories about, you know, just sitting as a, as a baby or as a young child, just kind of daydreaming that I'd spend a lot of time just kind of staring off into space, kind of facing out. And they'd be like, where is this, where is this kid? What's he, what's going on in his brain? <laughs> um, I can't speak to what that was going on, but I, but I mean, I can, I can remember being vividly sitting in first grade, um, still to this day and, and thinking uh, we were learning about history or, or something or basic math or something like that. Uh, maybe with both of those concepts on different occasions, I don't remember, but I, I remember sitting in this class and being like, well, who, who says that these are the rules? Like who came up with this concept? Like, why am I learning this stuff? Right? I remember asking those questions as a, as a literally like a six year old. And, um, to me, it would seem really boring and, and, you know, I wanted to go outside and play and run around and do whatever. And I'm sitting in this classroom, you know, we're spending a lot of time. And I remember just, you know, what am I, what am, what am I here for? What am I learning? And why, why is this the stuff I'm supposed to be learning? Uh, and it kind of like caused this tension even at a young age. And, um, you know, that was, that was, that was a big thing. And then I think just curiosity, I've always been into, I've always been interested or intrigued by, lots of different things and have diverse interests uh, and that's still true to this day um, and I just like to ask questions and, and generally I like to ask questions why um, and actually ultimately is why I think why, why I ended up um, majoring in philosophy is one of my majors in college was because the question of why am I here and what what is life about and what am I here to do and why am I making these choices versus those choices and that type of thing I think um, you know, that's one of the most important questions that anyone can ask, but I think is especially true of, of children. You know, if you ask any parent, and I'm soon to be a parent, um, what what they uh, what they you know what they are challenged by is their kid asking them why, right? why why is this the, the rationale? Why do I have to do this or not do that? 
Dude, I have a huge smile happening on my face right now uh, because philosophy for me too is like, just just why is, first of all, is my favorite question ever. And then um, I think yeah. philosophy too, though, is it's, it's sort of a, a drain for people like myself that battle with uh, negative thinking and depression because when we take it outside of ourselves and we... Um, kind of open up the lens and go, you know, why are we here? What are we here for? Um, those big questions that you often get in philosophy and anthropology, I th- think really uh, give a, a person a meaning to live and to continue to live. Sure. Um, and so I want to ask you with that, like with all this philosophy that you studied, w- which philosopher do you really stuck out the most? Was it satire? Was it, who, who was it? Um, well, I, existential philosophy in general is definitely something I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, and I think I actually really enjoyed, um, Heidegger in that regard is all about authenticity of choice and, um, just making those choices. I mean, and they're all, I mean, a lot of those concepts are very similar like Sartre or, or Heidegger or, um, you know, Hegel and all these different components. I mean, they're, they're all asking questions of why and creating meaning of life or creating meaning in one's life. Right, Nietzsche, and they all have different views. I mean, the whole idea of, of uh, a faith-based purpose or or a non-faith-based purpose, and everything in between. Right, this is a really interesting part of existential philosophy. Um, but yeah, it, it just the, the piece about Heidegger is, is like the, the exact terminology is escaping me right now, but it's really about conscious decision and conscious intent of of one's decisions on how they make how they live their life right yeah and um that's that's a big part of it for me in terms of you know how how could one spend their time or not and what are the what are the alternatives um and i think that's a really interesting i think people should ask themselves that question i don't think a lot of people do ask at least not on an active basis yeah i agree with that so much um because it's really important to continue to ask yourself that. And I don't believe now we live in an age where you have to just do one thing and one thing only. And I know that for me personally, the thing that makes me most happy is when I follow my intuition and go, hey, you know, I'm curious about this. I'm going to go down this road for a little bit. Like even though people are telling me I should do uh, X, Y, Z. Do you ever have a lot of that happen in your life where people tell you, hey, like, Derek, you need to go and I don't know, like, you should you should just give up being an entrepreneur, for example. Like, you should really just think about maybe uh, getting a real real managed job or something. And I'm sure, <laughs> actually, let's take it back a little bit. Uh, when you first started becoming an entrepreneur, what kind of questions were you getting back then? Um, well, interestingly enough, I, 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 I've been fortunate I think that a lot of the people that I've surrounded myself in my life have been incredibly supportive of, of my decision to be an entrepreneur. Um, and I also, I think are very receptive and supportive of the fact that I, I, I make my, I make, um, conscious and intentional, intentional decisions in, in a lot of aspects and areas of my life. And so I didn't, I don't really have a lot of people questioning or challenging the decision per se. Um, I think, I think you know, when I hang around other entrepreneurs and we get into discussion around specific business tactics and strategies and why we do certain things or weighing the, the weighing the odds or, or, you know, weighing the possibilities and those sorts of things, that those are definitely different conversations in terms of the approach. And I think that's something that all, all people and all healthy people should be doing is questioning, you know, how they do certain things. But the actual decision to be an entrepreneur has generally been something that I've been really blessed to have a supportive network of both family and friends and colleagues um but i, I think um yeah hopefully that your question. no it certainly does because we all don't have that support system and it helps a lot it helps a ton and uh they say that the i think the quote is uh you become the five percent of the people that you surround yourself with most and i think that's yeah. so true you know you you do it Without even thinking about it, um, unconsciously, you might start, start saying sure. dude or whatever their uh, phrases are. Um, but I'd love to kind of get in and pivot and go towards 
what your day is like as an entrepreneur and, and someone that, you know, not just owns one company, but is, uh, is, a, yeah. is involved with several companies. Yeah. So, I, so let's come back to that actually, because when you said something, it actually made me think about that a little bit more as I was reflecting on it. Cause then I was actually thinking back to, even though I have a supportive network now, um, as I was reflecting back to my, my life and actually thinking about being a kid, that wasn't always the case, right? Like, so maybe not being, having a network as a, as an entrepreneur, but as a kid, um, being as energetic and, and out there as I was. And I was also, um, musically talented, which, um, you know, at the time that that's not always the coolest thing to be into, into music as a kid. Um, I wasn't the most athletic person and I was really short as a kid. And I also had was born with crossed eyes, so I had a funny eye as a kid. So there was there was a lot of things that made me um, a little bit different growing up that forced me to find the resources in myself to be um, more autonomous and more self reliant. Uh, at least that's the, the narrative that I, I told myself as a child was that those things made me different. And and um, uh, you know, I got every, every kid I think probably goes through some like being teased that type of stuff. So I think. Um, I can remember back to being being around the same age, a little bit older, and going through that as a child, and, and you know, talking to my parents and talking to you know, teachers, and you know, finding those early uh, resources that have led me to where I am now to be able to really trust my instincts, trust my internal will, um, navigate my own emotions, um, find relationships that are nurturing versus those that are um, superficial. Right and and those types of things. So I, I think back to, to where I am now, and and I reflect that I've had, you know, twenty five years of practice um, to develop these skills and develop these tools and resources and to, and to build that network. Which now, to your point, Logan, it comes very naturally to me. But as a child, it wasn't so natural, and as a as a as a formative person, it wasn't as natural. Right. So I had to build that muscle. That's that's something that I really haven't given a lot of thought to, but it came up for me very very powerfully and resonantly. Hey, I just want to interrupt this show really quick. If this show is worth an hour of your time out of your day, first of all, thank you so, so, so much for taking the time to listen. And if you found it inspirational or valuable, please head over to Logan Tyler Nelson Dot com and leave a few dollars or whatever you find affordable to help this show reach a bigger platform. It takes a lot of time to put it together and it takes, unfortunately, dollars to make it happen. But all I'm trying to do is make people feel less alone and more comfortable with sharing the thoughts we all have and need to talk about more. Back to my interview. Oh man, thanks for sharing that. Um, that's really exactly what this show is about is to recognize those sort of idiosyncrasies that we believe we have that actually become the very bicep that you need to leverage yourself into the next uh, sort of level, I guess, uh, to put that metaphor sure. on. And honestly, because I, I know that even though I went through a suicide attempt and went through bouts of depression, like it kind of creates the person who I am today. Um, and I know that it time and time again, I keep seeing people that have either this uh, really, really, really rough upbringing in this trauma and um, it either destroys them or it actually makes them. Um, so I think I would love to ask for you, why do you think it didn't destroy you to be, um made fun of or or i mean at least you thought you're you you weren't ever made fun of were you or or maybe you were no i was i definitely was um yeah i, I don't know i i think what we want is i had um very supportive family uh my parents were you know as i think back and there's challenges with every 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 relationship but i think on the whole uh i knew my parents loved me and i knew that i had their support and when I would come home and talk with them, they would give me advice and counsel on that. And uh, same thing with my, with just my broader family, my grandparents and my, my aunts and uncles and cousins and things like that. I just, I felt um, that support network, if you will. 
and some some aspect of of the that activated the just power in myself and like in, deeper in my being that that allowed me to push through that um, and put it in perspective. And I don't I don't it's hard to say because I don't think I ever really consciously did it. I just kind of I just kind of did it over time. Um, yeah, and I don't, and I don't know. It's actually interesting because I've, I've reconnected with with some some of my teachers that I had when I was a child, and um, it was interesting because they actually described me as somewhat somewhat needy as a child, which I thought was interesting because I consider myself pretty fiercely independent as an adult. Um, but I guess if, in thinking back to that point, like where um, you know I was looking for support because I I I didn't feel it from my peers at the time. Um, so I was able, I was, I was actively seeking it in all other, other relationships to make sure that I, I was getting it and whatever, whatever it was, somehow I, through those relationships, I cultivated my talents and my strengths in a way that allowed me to, to push through those. And then just growing up over time, I was able to develop healthy relationships that got me to where I am now. I don't know, I have to give us some more thought, Logan. It's a really interesting question. Hey man, uh, you're always invited to come back on and we'll, uh, sort of dig through that and well you know what though i'll i'll preface with saying this because i don't want anybody to think this is a show about therapy or to really dig into those wounds but um yeah to at least feel some sense of cathartic sort of like you know therapeutic like hey i i've i've dealt with this wound but i know that i'm ready to move on and i know that you're you're headstrong because of what you're doing nowadays so i know that that you know, you're not regularly uh, feeling down now and you're not regularly hurting yourself or anything like that. So I know it's safe to kind of go right. and uh, go down that road. But hey, um, yeah, like I said, you're always welcome and we can revisit that one day. Um, but uh, hey, so I'd love to sort of get into your company because I really found it like just I'm just really, really curious on exactly what it is you guys do. Yeah, well, so I'll talk about a few different things because some of it's really relevant. So, um, so, th so the first piece that actually just came up as we were talking. So, one of the businesses that I've, I've gotten involved with on on an advisory level is called Life Guide, and the concept behind that is that all people have challenges in their lives, um, whether it be going through you know, mental health challenges or whether it be going through um, trauma of of any kind. You know, deaths in the family or divorce or addiction or, or medical challenges or more more significant things like you know uh, adult-based things like employment or lack of employment or, or children or different things there's all kinds of challenges so the idea behind life guides is that we're matching people together um, people who have gone through and successfully navigated a particular challenge people who are going through that challenge now to help provide guidance and expertise and counsel um, on a peer-to-peer -peer level so that they can you know, get healthy and, and the actually goal of the business is to reduce suffering um, for a billion people within 15 years. And when I think back to being a kid, I remember when I was getting made fun of at the time, um, I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, I'm never going to be mean to people. Like, I'm going to be nice to people. I remember, I remember thinking that. And that was something that I think on a value level, I've really tried, on a values level, I've really tried to maintain that, especially in the business world. Even when, because, you know, a lot of people tell you the business is a cutthroat place, right? And it's all about, you know, winning and competition and domination, and and, there, and there's some truth to that. Um, but I also think that business is a, a much larger representation of what's possible, uh, and why I'm so involved in this impact level. So that's something that just kind of just popped for me thinking about that particular company. But you know, I think the other pieces in all my businesses that I'm involved in, whether it be Scrimmage, which is about training and and uh, providing educational uh, products for for employees of companies, helping them be more successful. Whether it be the 21 mil business, like you talked about, and helping millennials become more productive and, and engaged in in the workforce, or whether it be you know client counsel uh, and helping you know companies connect more effectively with their, their clients, whatever whatever it is, um, there's always a theme that it comes back to connecting people, um, creating, helping them find the greater version of themselves, great greater version or deeper version of their relationships, more productive or powerful. Output as a result of those relationships or those connections, um, 
And so I, I do see that as a common theme across everything that I do, both professionally and personally. Um, and it's interesting to think back to where that kind of started. Dude, that is so cool. Like, I actually, um, I was feeling some definite feels, uh, getting a little emotional to hear your guys' overall mission because that's um, exactly why I continue to keep going and thriving to stay strong is because I, I too, want to help at least 10 million people. Um, not, I guess, end suffering, but to change their mindset on how to use certain tools within their mindset to actually get through yeah. it. You know what I mean? Because I think suffering is certainly uh, inevitable. Like you're going to suffer and it's not, it's, not, it's not a bad thing and it's uh, not a good thing. But to eliminate those, those words and use stronger or weaker and how to pivot yourself and go like, hey, I have an evolving mindset or I have a destructive mindset. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. so, so with those quizzes, could you give me an example of like maybe a couple of questions that I would sort of like give someone, a, a, I guess, a sense of who they are and how they're placed in a certain council? Um, well, so I think uh, we're kind of mixing a few okay. things together, just to be clear. Um, so on, 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 yeah. So from the quizzes and the gamify type of thing, so that's one thing we do with scrimmage, which is about um, really helping people reinforce their knowledge within their within their employment, uh, within their jobs, right? To be more successful as employees, and we'll ask them questions on whatever it could be related to their products that they sell, or the company they work for, or the the culture of the job that they're trying to to get to the next level in, right? And we'll help educate them to prepare them to be more successful in those jobs. Um, so that's a big part of what quizzes and the games come into the scrimmage. Um, on the on the guide piece, which we're, we're talking about, um, that's really about whatever challenge you're going through in your life, right? And and based on that, we'll we'll pair people with other people who are going through that challenge to help create connection and community, um, and and to give you know more resources to that person who might be going through that challenge. Wow, dude! Thank you so much for clearing that up. Uh, that's so cool. I'm geeking out right now. I love that. Um, because I think that's the thing we, uh, as a society right now, um, for the first time in a very long time, we actually have the ability to choose what we want to do. Right. You know, like back in the day, like 200 years ago, like you were born and depending on the certain, um, family that you were born into, you're a farmer, you're a blacksmith or you're, you know, whatever. And now we have this huge problem in which people actually have to choose a certain career and they can do whatever they want. Um, I believe you can do anything. You just can't do everything. And um, I yeah. love how your company kind of helps people with that clarity. Uh, I'd love to kind of go down and, 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 and go down that rabbit hole a little bit more and what specifically sure. uh, someone might receive as far as getting clarity on what they should do with their life and, and what kind of answers they may get and receive from that. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. As you're talking, I'm thinking through even just the connections and convergence on these different mm. things. Um, Cause I think, you know, with, with scrimmage, it's really about, it's really about training. Um, or a role that someone's already in to help them be more effective, right? Or to promote to the next role. Um, when I think back to, and, and with and with life guide, it's all about going through things that might be derailing someone's progress or, or thriving to be the greatest version of themselves, right? You know, whatever that may be. Um, but, but, you know, I think back again to where we started this interview, which is about creating your path or creating, um, you know, whatever job or role you want to fulfill in your life. And, um, I agree with you that, that people can really do anything but they can't do anything they have to commit to a certain path and, um, it, part of that is something that I think is just more more personal I'd say is that for me is, is getting people to find whatever job or whatever passion they have that they can that they can commit to and, and um, deliver on that, that actually raises their own personal skills and, and purpose as well as how that could contribute to the broader community and humanity's purpose. 
Um, I, I personally am into that. I mean, that's why I think, I think, you know, I'm part of a few different mastermind groups with different people. And it's also a big part of why I've sought out you know, coaches and counselors in my life to help me be, or again, be more active and intentional about what I do and who I work with and, and those types of things. But I think that that's something that, that everyone should be doing all the time, right? I mean, it's really thinking through how they, how they can deliver the best, their, their skills in a way that's for the greatest good of both their, their own life, but also how that, that gift is being given, so to speak, um, to other people, right? So I don't know if that's your question, but I'm just kind of listening to the questions as you're sharing. Right, right, right. No, that's totally cool. Um, I love how that's sort of bringing up some stuff and making you think a little bit differently about it. Um, I know for me, uh, as you can clearly see, as uh, you that's listening right now, I uh, can clearly see I have a little, I have a lot of bit of ADHD. <laughs> um, and and sure. uh, Derek, you've said that you have a lot of bit of ADHD too. Uh, to put it, you know, clearly uh, we haven't been diagnosed with it. But uh, even if you haven't been diagnosed, you can get a sense of like, you know, one day you want to be this and then the next day you want to be another person. And I think that's why masterminds are so important. And if anybody's thinking about doing it, just do it. Just get into some sort of mentorship um, and uh, do it in a clever way where you just don't sit someone down for coffee, but do it in a clever way where maybe you can start a podcast or maybe you can get into a business and, and go, hey, how can I help you? Um, because I really like what you do. Have you ever done anything like that where uh, you you did maybe think of a clever way that you wanted to ask someone and pick their brain um, because you wanted to do exactly what they did? Um, yes and no. So I mean, so I think so, so two things. I mean, one is um, when I so so. As far as reaching out to people, I've never been shy about just reaching out to people. So whether it just be reaching out on an email or on social media or a call or whatever, I'll, I've always been pretty bold. Um, but in that regard, but I think when I when I was majoring in philosophy and I majored in psychology and um, I didn't know what I was going to do for a career at that point, right? I really didn't. I had no idea. But at some point, I, I kind of decided, oh, I'm not going to go back and become a philosopher, and I'm not going to become a doctor, and I'm not going to become a lawyer but I want to make some money. What am I going to do? I literally went door to door with my resume to companies all around the area where I grew up um, to get an internship in sales and marketing because I didn't have a business education. I had never really had any formal business training uh, up until that point. Right. And so I literally just started going around and, and getting in front of people. And I think that's a big part of just any creative piece is just making your presence known. Um, and, and having the confidence to, to get out there and make some mistakes along the way. Um, and I've never, I've, well, I should say never, that's been a skill, I think, like I said earlier, Logan, I've been cultivating for a long time. And so now I'm pretty confident in just being okay to fall on my face sometimes, so to speak, um, to learn and, and keep getting better and better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've had some amazing conversations with people that I, as a, as a kid, I never would have thought I, I would be in communication or in a relationship with personally or professionally um, as a result of just being kind of bold and, and um, willing to, to take a chance, take a risk. You know what I love the most? I love the most that you unpacked exactly the definition of what it takes to just get what you want. And that is ask <laughs> like, like it's, it's yeah. in so many people, I think get scared about um, even starting anything is because they need this sort of like permission to start it before they do it. And I get it. Like, it's really hard to visit places in which you've never been. Right. Um, so, uh, with that being said, though, where do you think this, uh, amazing sense of, of destructing the things that, cause, because what, what I, th I find really fascinating is that you said, I didn't want to be a philosopher. I didn't want to do this. Do you think that's sort of the recipe to find out what you truly want is to first cross out the things that you don't like in your life and don't want? Uh, maybe, I, maybe, I don't, maybe it would be as, as harsh as they don't want or don't like, but yeah, I mean, it goes back to what we started initially talking about, which is why, or what's the real motivation behind what I'm doing and what am I, what am I willing to, to trade off, so to speak, 
um, to accomplish what I want, right? And and absolutely, I think um, I think oftentimes about gardening. I'm not a gardener, but like the idea of, of pruning plants, and, and that's definitely something that I think is true. Is that you need to continue to, you know, prune the the the, the, the shrub or the trees in order to create room for new growth. And I think that's true with any with being a human being too, um, and being successful whatever it is you're doing. You gotta continue to you know like with me personally I, I i like to cast a wide net i'm in lots of different things but and i and i will keep i will be persistent to a lot of things longer than a lot of other people would but at some point you got to get to the point where you say okay i've reached this level of persistence how am i going to refocus my energy or or my financial means to, to get more in alignment with what i think is possible on this new path and it, it's an active process and i think it just goes back to I'm always asking myself the question on what, how can I get better or what's going to create the most value for whatever reason, right? And so I think it's just a really active conversation and triaging, so to speak, of all those different things and weighing the pros and cons and weighing what's important to you. And things change over time too. Right? I mean, I think if you see that a lot of times, people go through lots of different versions of, uh, of themselves as, as they mature and grow and, and find out, you know, how to, how to be successful and also make mistakes along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so true. Um, because I actually spoke to a really smart gentleman, uh, and we talked a lot about sort of why and clarity and, uh, his name's Lauren, Lauren Michaels Harris. And he talks about like, just, just your why being actually a little bit different every single day, like, and that being okay. Um, yeah, because that's just that's normal. Like it's actually normal to have a different mindset today than you did yesterday or even tomorrow, um, and to just don't change so much that you, you want to reinvent the wheel every day, but just sort of add to the uh, the pyramid that you're already building, sort of speak. Um, I'd love to <laughs> ask you this because I'm just curious about because you you come from you know a philosophical background is uh. I know Tim Fer- Ferriss talks about like a sort of um, a uh, what you'd like to see on your gravestone and what would, what you'd like to be remembered as and what you'd like to also, you know, uh, just just be talked about as. Have you ever thought about death and, and what, it, what does it do to you when you think about death? All the time. All the time. I actually think sometimes I think I'm a weirdo. I think about I think about death quite a lot, and I think that that maybe as a child I I thought about death from I mean mortality is a better word, right? Not about death, about life and death um, from the time that I was a kid. And I think that's part of the curiosity piece. It's like all right, I understood this concept um, at a very young age, and and I wondered like what am I here to do? Um, and as I as I get older. Um, and I think about it, you know, if, if you think back, um, see how you and I got connected was with, with Jeremy Slate. I actually was on his podcast and he kind of asked me this question, like looking back, what do you want that to, to be? And, and I, and I, and I, I was the first time I really had that question asked me by someone other than myself. Um, and I had the answer. And, and interestingly enough, things have really not changed that dramatically from that conversation to now in the sense that, you know, I really want to be, um, a, just a, a good person, someone that my family, friends are are proud to say that I impacted their lives in a positive way and that society on a larger level that I've impacted that in a larger way in a, in a positive way through the businesses that I've created or supported or nurtured and, and all the people that make up those different companies and, and organizations and that I've created uh, you know uh, an example of how to um, live a loving and, and in a good way and, and in, a, in a generous and kind way and I think if I do those things well, um, all the other stuff is kind of is just a bonus because I think the in, the integrity um, piece for me and, and um, having really high character and, and to do those things has always been something that has been important to me and something that I've, I've been taught and and learned that lesson over and over again from a young age to, to now. So that's a long answer to that question, but yeah, I mean I think all the time about life and death and making the most of every day um, in, in the event, in the instance that that was, that was it because that's really every day what I can do.
right? Yeah. Hey, you. Yep. Yeah, you. I'm talking to just you right now. Have you ever tried to start a creation like a podcast? Or maybe it was a YouTube channel. And you're just really having a hard time creating content because you just don't know where to go. Or maybe you need permission to just consistently keep going. Well, I want to let you know you're not alone. For people like you, I created a for people like you, I created a Facebook group called Scratch Your Own Itch, creating a life worth living. Because I believe that it's creation that keeps us going. And sometimes we just need permission or sometimes we just need someone to keep us on track. Well, this is what this Facebook group is for. So please have it over to scratch your own itch, creating a life worth living. And if you are having a hard time finding it, you don't have to pull over the car. You can actually look in the show notes. I'll post the URL there as well as if you need to find me, just send me an email, logan at logantylernelson.com. Again, that's logan at logantylernelson.com. Just send me an email and I'll invite you into the group. This is a total free group. Free, F-R-E-E, free. So don't wait another second. All right, you can wait another second. But honestly, I'd love to help you Meet your creative goals. You have that deep curiosity of what it would be like to have your own podcast or YouTube channel. But sometimes you're just running out of ideas. Or you just need that extra push to keep you going. Well, back to my interview. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so true. And I don't think the people that are doing the things that they truly love doing are and if you haven't thought about death first of all yet um you might just be stuck in in everything and you might be on on autopilot i think and i think thinking about death actually yep. takes you out of autopilot it takes you out of like just doing things on a habitual <laughs> you know what i mean um did you just die on me well so <laughs> no no <laughs> so actually no so funny so like now I should think back again why I like Heidegger so much. So the concept of of Heidegger, one of the, the big, and you should read about this. One of the major things that was so um, unique about his thing, or his his concept, was that your death is wholly your death. Like no one else can have your death. Like that's pretty much the only thing aside from your birth, which you don't remember, is the only thing that you is is intrinsically only yours. Right? Like it's that's that's it. And so, assuming that's the only thing in your life that's like that's only yours, how would you live your life in such a way to um, to, to fulfill that, whatever that is, right? And so that that's a, a huge concept of the anchor of, of authenticity, right? And and that being a guidance post, so to speak, of of the choices that you make on the road to your own death. That is like blowing my mind right now. Uh, it's so true. Like, yeah, you don't remember your, your birth, but you definitely can set up the way, I guess not like set up the way you die, but, um, but sort of set up the way you want to be remembered. And I know for me, that personally pushes me to continue to keep going and continue to like do things that I really don't want to do is, um, when I, you know, yeah, I think that's sort of like the, the life hack if there is any life hacks is when you don't feel like doing something, go, okay, how do I want my children to remember me as, or how do I want to be remembered overall? And, and, um, it actually, in a way it's a blessing in, in, in disguise, because the reason why I say it's a blessing in disguise, because I don't like to just sit down and watch TV then. Like, I don't like to just do things that aren't fueling, my overall uh way of wanting to be remembered and it actually um really makes me insecure sometimes when i'm around people that aren't like that at all right that people are like dude just sit down and watch some tv dude just sit down and watch some football and eat some some snacks with us and have a beer like no i'm sorry that kind of takes me out of 
the zone and it it, it it to really get back in the zone it takes a lot more work than to just stay in it um i don't know if you relate with that at all and if you don't like that's fine but um no i do i, I do i think and i think there's there's a, there's a counterpoint that I would i would kind of invite you to think about too which is are you are you sitting down and watching the game and tv and having beers because you're spending quality time with your friends and your family like because that's that might be a conscious choice at that point to say yeah I, i'm willing to do this because i'm in spending time with people that I care about and this is important or this is a way that they find meaningful to connect. If that's the motivation, that's the choice, that's one thing. But if but if if you're doing it all the time and it's it's detracting from other more authentic choices for you, Logan, then that's that's exactly what I'm talking about that we were talking about just now, which is the authenticity of of, of weighing those decisions, right? And the importance and the value of relative to those decisions of how how important that relationship or not is to other relationships or other decisions you need need or do not need to make. You know? That that was that was um, yeah that's huge that just that's enormous to me right now uh, because that is so true that um, I do struggle with that and I think I'm not the only person I know there's someone right now that may be struggling with that because because it's constantly playing in your head all the time like if you're watching YouTube videos with Gary Vee and you're obsessed with them at all uh, he's telling you one yeah. thing and one thing only is to keep going keep tweeting keep making content, uh, keep going and be obsessed. But, uh, those people that do want to actually be remembered and, and make a big name in, in the gravestone or are the people that are also, um, really having a hard time with just uh, taking some quality time with the fam and hanging out with them and just going, Hey, you know, I'm going to look into your eyeballs and say, I love you, even though right. I'm not getting anything done in my work life, you know? So thank you that man i really appreciate that no and i it's, a, it's really interesting I'm, I'm glad you raised because gary v's i mean so gary and i grew up not that far from each other i don't know gary totally oh wow <laughs> a couple couple messages a couple messages we grew up not that far from each other and and he's someone i have a ton of respect for i mean that guy is doing amazing things um with his career and creating amazing companies and by all intents and purposes I mean, from what i know about him he's a, he's a great great father and, and his family is really really important to him. uh and that's why you know we talked about the jets that's that for him is a big part of his, his family is that that connection with sports but i and i know that relationships are important i think one of the things that he always talks about in his in his lessons that he's giving is all about you have to do what's right for your life right like yes he's all about hustle and he's all about creation of content and he's all about putting yourself out there and, and all these different things but he also says it's all about you like don't People are so concerned with what other people are doing, or uh, and and other things, as opposed to just being focused on how do they optimize uh, what they're here to do. Because if they're doing that and they're optimizing their their gifts and their skills and their relationships and the skills of the people that they love, it has this exponential effect, right? And I think that's something that that Gary talks about a lot as well. Um, and he's a really interesting guy. I, I'd love to spend some time talking with him because I think we'd have a really good chat. Dude, yeah, that would be, I would love to be the fly on the wall to listen to that conversation for sure. The way your guys, <laughs> yeah, just the way your guys' minds work, that'd be very, that would be my Super Bowl personally, <laughs> just because I, I love uh, podcasts and interviews and conversations more than I do uh, football uh, <laughs> in a weird way. But yeah. that's just me, uh, yeah. the thing that I'm going through right now. And who knows, I might be completely different in 10 years. Um, but I, I'd love to sort of, ask you just a few more questions because we're coming to the end sure. and they'll just be like you know quick questions don't think about them too hard you know because i know this is going to be hard for both of us because we're very philosophical thinkers but hopefully we can uh just whip through them and give people a little insider on who you are make you feel a little less alone and ultimately leave them with a sense of um where to go next so whenever you're ready i'll fire cool. away Awesome, dude. Uh, so what's the worst habit right now that you're trying to get rid of? The worst habit? Yeah. Um, I will pick my thumbs. Ooh. <laughs> drives my wife, it drives my wife crazy. Yeah, I'll, I'll literally like, you know, I was like biting your nails. I'll, I'll sometimes when I'm, when I'm thinking or I'm, I'm, you know, my mind is racing, I'll be, I'll start picking my skin. That's probably my, one of my biggest things that, um, that I do that, that I, when I'm, when I'm not being conscious of it, I'll see it. I'll do it. Yeah. Hey, 
You're not the only one. I think uh, I used to have a classmate that literally eat his freaking thumb off uh, while we were being lectured or being taught or being an exercise because I come from an acting background and he would literally be gnawing on his thumb. I'm going to call him out. Brandon Ostra, if you're listening to this, man, uh, you loved <laughs> you loved eating your thumb uh, or your fingers. And I guess that's just a nervous tick that some people have. And uh, it just is what it is. I don't think it's right or wrong. I just think it's, it's funny because it's certainly a, a hard habit to break for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, most times I don't even realize I'm doing it. My wife will, you know, she'll be like, stop doing that. I don't even realize I'm doing it. And I usually no, notice I'm doing it when I'm, when I'm really thinking about something. Like it's like, you know, when I'm trying to fix something in my, in my brain, like when I'm trying to fix some kind of problem, right? I'm thinking through it and I don't even realize I'm doing it. Yeah, dude. Like I, I kind of do, but I do it with gum instead. Like when I'm really trying to fix a problem, I have like a pack of gum, uh, and a monster next to me. And I'm like, just like, instead of the cigarettes and beer, I have the monster and gum where I'm just like, I guess you call binge eating gum, but I'm not actually swallowing the gum. I'm just like yeah. literally chewing the gum. It's kind of gross. It you got a big wad in your got mouth. Got a huge yeah. wad in my mouth. It's a big league. Yeah. Sometimes I even have you like gotta a get the big league chew. Yeah, dude. I have a spit cup too. Like, like I, <laughs> cause I just have so much gum juice, like floating around in my mouth. Yeah. The big league chew. That's hilarious. Oh, um, anyways, I'll try to get to the next question. Um, because my mind, sure. my mind works in mantras and quotes and I just love to have like a little quote to live by for an hour or a little quote to live by for maybe, uh, two days, like a mantra or something. What's a current quote or mantra that you have kind of adopted into your life? Um, there's a few of them I've actually, so interestingly enough, um, Jeremy asked me that question too, and I'm not, I've never really been a big quote guy, um, but I, but I did share with, and I've been reading more and more, um, you know, just different quotes and, and different stuff. But I mean, the one that always comes back is, is the, is the Churchill one, never quit, right? And I think, um, just, just always keep going, right? Never, never, never give up. Um, and that was, that's, and I was, I've been reading a little bit about him as well. Um, and I, I know you mentioned depression early on. Um, that was one of the things that he used. I mean, he was one of the world, world leaders at the time. And he had a very personal battle with depression. And his just total persistence and commitment to never quitting, never giving up was what pushed him through his, his you know, depressed window. Um, so something really interesting there. Yeah, that is. Um, thank you for that. Uh, I, I know that's going to make someone out there feel a little bit less um i guess down and just keep going if you just don't stop you won't fail so yeah uh, yeah, yeah exactly that's that's a that's a good quote you know you don't if you the easiest way to fail is to quit right don't quit just keep going just yeah because you always find a way through it absolutely i love that uh the next thing i'd love to ask is um <laughs> if you had a spirit animal what would uh, your spirit animal be um, someone asked me that the other day too. And <laughs> really? I, I came back with, with the, yeah, with the, e with the Eagle. Um, and I'm actually a Giants fan, even though I live in Philadelphia, but I actually, um, resonating with the, with this Eagle concept because they're kind of this, this, you know, very, um, warrior-esque type of bird in the wild. And they, they are, you know, heralded it as a, a big part of our country, freedom and, um, you know, fulfillment of, of destiny and those types of things. And, and also as a bird, you're, you're kind of just flying over majestically and, and taking it all in and seeing what's beneath and, and, and looking at it from that view. Um, and it's just this really interesting, like this beautiful and yet raw combination. And there's just, there's a lot of complexity there to it. And I don't know. It feels, feels relevant for the moment. Dude, thanks for painting that vivid picture. And my mindset and anybody else that's listening right now, uh, for sure. That was, that's really beautiful. Uh, love that. Love that. Um, on to my next thing is, uh, I feel like I know the answer to this one, but we'll, we'll see what happens. If you could take anybody, uh, all throughout time, living or dead, uh, and sit them down in a chair in front of you for an hour, uh, but you don't have an hour, uh, 
for right now with us, but you just have one big question that could last an hour of a conversation. What would you ask them? And then also what, or, or I guess who would you pick? Oh man, that's first off. Who did you think I was going to pick? Uh, I'm actually really curious. I think you would probably choose Heidegger, man, and sit him down in a chair <laughs> and hang out with the dude. Yes, he'd be he'd be a good one. Uh, but and and he'd definitely be up there. I mean, there's so many great people. It'd be hard to pick one. Um, but I think personally, for me, um, and it sounds kind of corny, but doesn't think about. It, but I I really actually would want to sit down, with Jesus. Because, like, for me, that was, he was a huge, uh, you know, impact on, on my spiritual life as a, as a child. And, like, this whole concept of, of religion and spirituality and Eastern versus Western and all these different things that I've studied in my, in my personal journey. Like, I just want to ask that question. I want to ask those questions. I really want, like, to get to the, the meat of it, of, uh, you know, of what we're all here to do from a... And, and and vet out the perspectives of of that. I don't know. I feel like that would give me a lot of clarity. Dude, what if you actually knew your ending and exactly why you were meant to be here? Do you think you'd want to actually live through that? <laughs> it's a great question too, man. I don't know. It's a good. It's a really, it's a really. I actually thought that before. I've asked that question. Really? And, and the answer, yeah, I have absolutely. Yeah, because and. and you know, because somebody asked, there was another, somebody asked that question with like, because um, they're getting better now at, at like, with diagno diagnosing condi medical conditions, right? They can actually give you some idea of when you physically may make it, right? Like, and I had a friend ask, like, would you want to know? And I was like, I don't think I'd want to know. Like, I think I'd, I think I'd, you know, you, I think I'd prefer to just keep living intentionally. It, it would almost, I don't know. Really, I can see both sides. Um, I don't know, man. It's a really good question. It's tough. It is. Uh, it kind of makes me uh, crazy a little bit because I know that knowledge is power, but at the same time, I think there is bliss in the ignorance of things, and there's um, sort of the not knowing makes things fun, and surprise actually creates. Uh, the child in me that that continues to wonder, you know. So it's like, if you yeah. if you just know your 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 destination, you know your where you're going. Uh, it is kind of like, okay, well then, um, that could kind of screw up your fate anyway. So that's a huge dude. We could talk about it for another two hours. So I guess we'll move on, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. The uh the ultimate question I love to ask people is, um, dude, what has been on your mind lately? that you just haven't yet done and it's been like some sort of itch on you and you just got to scratch it but you just you haven't gotten into it yet um well i mean for, it's it, i'm kind of it's kind of a two parts i mean one is it's on my mind i think i shared with you i'm having my first child in a few weeks yes and so that's been like usually on my mind it's not it's not that i've not wanted to get I mean, like trying to imagine and trying to think through um, the version of myself as a father as well as everything else that I do is really it's something that I find myself thinking a lot about right now. And um, it's about to get very real. So uh, I think that's that's a better answer to something that I've really been contemplating a lot and has been informing a lot of my decisions and my relationships and plans. And yet so uh, so much of it is unknown. Right, and it's kind of like the same thing. I just don't even know what I don't know yet, and um, I'm really excited, anticipating what that's going to be like. Dude, huge congrats! Um, I can't wait to talk to you in three weeks and talk about all the <laughs> all the excitement that you've had. You know, because uh, you, you're having them soon, right? Yeah, it's about we, we don't know what we're having. We don't if we actually going to be surprised whether it's going to be a son or a daughter. Um, oh, yeah. It, She's, my wife is my wife is due in six weeks. Yeah, I guess I uh, totally assumed it was just gonna be a dude. I don't know. Maybe I just felt I just <laughs> felt that it was gonna be a guy. Um, so I guess I'll talk to you. There you go. When you have them, and then we can have that you know conversation if you want to really sit down with them in a, about a year and a half, and we can all sit down and talk about his college and his plan and everything like that. You know. 
I'm sure I'm sure he'll be thinking all about that in a year and a half or she, yeah. whatever, whatever. But a year and a half will probably be the right time to start thinking about it. Exactly. It'll be a very rich conversation. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you you better be listening to a lot of Mozart when they're around because I heard it. Yeah, no, I kidding. Yeah. Dude, seriously, that stuff works, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Music was huge for me as a kid. I, I really do believe a lot of my creativity is from having been a, a really engaged musician as a kid. That's so cool. That's so cool. Um, Man, Derek, I don't even want to let you go, but I got to ask you one more question before I let you go. Um, and I sure. and I know that this is going to be a, a doozy. Um, but if uh, you had one day left to live um, and you could give your family, your friends, your loved ones, just uh, a couple of pieces of wisdom that you've gathered throughout time, what would you want to say? Um, wow, that's a really interesting question, too. Uh, the thing that's coming to me is just enjoy, enjoy this, enjoy each other, enjoy whatever this is, enjoy the whole thing, right? Like, I think, um, back to mindset and growth mindset, like, and this is a quote that I do believe, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right, right? Like, and positivity, like, I've always been a big believer, even when things have been objectively not not good, that things are still really good. And um, I think that that's been a huge thing for me, and I think that's something that um, you look at a lot of the most successful people, they are able to put things in perspective. and. Um, I guess that would be, you know, put things in, keep things in perspective and enjoy, enjoy whatever this is, right? For what it is. Um, and, and just participate in that. I think it's probably the summary I would give. Yeah. Wow. That is, uh, this guy is deep. You're a deep dude. I love it. I love that. And it's, um, so I, <laughs> If you heard anything today and, and you just want to tweet it, uh, Instagram it, uh, Facebook it, I really believe that if you put that stuff out there, that is like your first form of actually changing yourself uh, from the person that you don't want to be anymore to the person that you want to start being. So if if you're listening to this right now and you, you, uh, you I'm talking to just you, you know that I'm talking to just you. Um, you're listening to this because you want to be a leader. You want to change. Uh, and if you need help in doing so. Um, and you want to speak out to myself or Derek, uh, where, where can people find you, Derek? Where all those places you said are on, on different social media channels. I'm on there. Um, you can look on the website, we scrimmage.com. Check out that new website. I told you about lifeguides.com. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Dude. Yes. Please check him out. What his company is doing, his multitude of companies actually, uh, are all exactly what I'm about is sort of gaining a little bit more certainty. Cause that's the, we, we don't, I guess what it comes down to is we don't buy, uh, things that, you know, just make us look good, but we buy things that make us feel amazing. And, um, that, that's exactly what your company I feel like does is they make us feel good and they give us certainty and they give us uh, knowledge that can actually be utilized as a great investment in your life. Not just, you know, a passive education, but a really active one. So have fun. yeah. And yeah, have fun doing it too. Um, thanks Derek, man, for joining me on scratch your own itch. I like, I really want to dive deeper and uh, talk about all these other things that kind of came up during this talk. But uh, until then, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll do another one in the future. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll, we'll do another one. In the future. Awesome, Derek. Thanks, man. I'll catch you later. Well, there you have another episode of Scratch Your Own Itch with Derek and myself. Wow, that guy was, uh, he's a, 
He's a guy who really puts a smile on my face, to be totally honest. Um, just a really nice guy. Uh, but above all, he also has this incredible philosophical mind that he's able to mix together into his business and create a life that he loves and to create a life that he loves to work at and actually make money in. And I think that's most important is that you can do it too. Uh, you can do this exact same thing. And um, I also want to just say thank you so much for taking the time to support the show by listening and subscribing. If you haven't yet subscribed, hit that subscribe button and get an update on every single new episode I have. So guys, don't ever forget you matter and you're enough.